Wow. I am so privileged right now. The Evan Portman is sitting in front of me. Master and commander. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, uh, welcome, Evan. Appreciate your, you being here. Thanks. That's a good movie, by the way. Master and commander. It is actually a fantastic yeah. movie. Russell Crowe. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. That's fair. I mean, Gladiator is like one of my favorite movies. Um, so, uh, Mr. Evan, uh, I don't even know what your middle name is, but John, John, how could you forget <laughs> that? Yeah. Actually, that's a great story. We'll start. Um, I was uh, at St. Vincent. Um, our RAs are called prefects. And I was, as a senior, I was the prefect for Evan's freshman pod. Uh, instead of halls, uh, the freshman dorm is set up in these things called pods, which are kind of a living, uh, living room space with, um, like about 12 rooms off on the side. Yeah, like a suite, I would say. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, the information I had about Evan was for some reason they had his father's name down instead. Um, so, my, on my list, I had my resident, my residence name was John Portman. So, which uh, is also my middle name. Right. Yeah. John, John, actually, because Evan is just another <laughs> translation for John. John Welsh or something. Yeah. Um, so his roommate gets there, who's also his best friend. And <laughs> the first thing Chris says to me is his name's not John. That's his dad's name. I'm like, oh, whoops. Well, it's stuck. So actually, pretty much most of Evan's best friends in yeah. college call him John. Yeah, um, especially one in particular. Yes, yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he's listening. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyways, uh, Evan John Portman uh, is a graduate of St. Vincent uh, History and Education yep. and is now finishing his master's at Duquesne, also in history. And your particular field of study is the civil war that's right yeah. why why the civil war um well that was the first kind of like area of history that i got into um so i guess i'll give the spiel i give everyone yeah, yeah. like i was so i was seven years old and we went to a an outdoors like convention in mm -hmm. monroeville and um there were a lot of like hunting booths and you know hunting fishing camping but gettysburg happened to be there for whatever reason and I went up to the booth and they had a brochure from the gift shop and I took it and I couldn't stop looking at it. So we scheduled a trip to Gettysburg after that. And that was the rest is history. History. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I like what you did there. Thanks. <laughs> yep. That's cool. I've never been to Gettysburg. Um, I know. It's, yeah. 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 And I was actually just talking about it with my mom and she said, well, when we go, Evan will have to be our tour guide. Wow. I'm, so, on, I'm yeah. honored. Yeah. So, um, Maybe this summer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm we'll always see. I'm always up yeah. for it. Um, but I also I've also love uh, studying the Civil War. Um, Joshua Chamberlain is one yep. of my heroes. Um, Same here. And on the on the Confederate side, um, uh, James Longstreet. Yeah. Is also pretty. He's a goat. He's a boss. He yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the Civil War. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting history when it comes to monks, actually, and the Civil War, particularly monks from my community, St. Vincent in Latrobe. And that's been like a particular field of interest for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he knows way more about this than I do. That's the whole <laughs> reason he's here. Um, and you wrote an article actually recently in what was the, the journal you wrote it in? Wrote um, well, for St. Vincent, it's St. Vincent's in-house interdisciplinary journal called Conversatio, which is one of the Benedictine hallmarks. Yes, yep. um, and then I also wrote one for 
Uh, it's called Gathered Fragments, which is the journal of the Catholic Historical Society of Western Pennsylvania. Okay. And does that, so Evan also works as a contributor for the American Battlefield Trust, yes, right? Yes, and Emerging Civil War. Okay, wow. Yeah. So big, big deal here. <laughs> um, and is this, uh, did they approach you asking for this article? Because well, you're writing something else or? Yeah, so I, initially I wrote a blog article um, for Emerging Civil War about a monk from St. Vincent that was in the Confederate Army. Uh, and after reading that, Dr. Foss, who's the um, director of uh, like Catholic studies here at St. Vincent, he approached me about writing one for Conversatio. Okay. And then kind of in the meantime, I got connected with the Catholic Historical Society of Western PA, mm -hmm. and they approached me about writing something for them. So okay. that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, always writing. Yes, oh, well, that's uh, <laughs> I have certainly approved. Yeah, I love, I love it. So that's that's what I'd want to do. Well, so. Um, yeah. So today we just want to talk about those monks and okay. the kind of the, some history of Saint Vincent. We haven't done a lot of history, particularly of my community. We've talked a little bit now and then, and I thought this would be this is certainly a very niche thing yes. to talk about. Um, so I, first, I want to talk about the monk you mentioned because um, he's the one I actually kind of know something okay. about. Um, Edwin Blimmel? Emerin. Emerin. Okay. Yeah. Not a most common name ever. And I, I shout out to brother, Bloom, to brother Bruno here. He, he said it's the best, the pronunciation is Blimmel. Okay. And it's spelled B, it's, well, depending on who you read, mm -hmm. um, it's spelled different ways. Blimmel, Blimmel, Blimmel. Okay. Blimmel. But, um, yeah, brother Bruno said that, that it's pronounced Blimmel. Okay. So, and he's from Germany. So. Makes sense. Yeah, Which, right. our house came from Germany, um, and we, Boniface Wimmer as our founder came and established St. Vincent as the first Benedictine monastery back in 1846, uh, and to particularly looking to help uh, German Catholics in this area, in Western Pennsylvania. And very quickly, other bishops of other dioceses around the country started asking for help from St. Vincent monks for ministry and for mission, uh, like pastors or whatever, teachers. And that included... Uh, communities and states and dioceses south of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes. Uh, including Tennessee, yep. um, which is where we get connected with this monk. Yeah. And it's I think it's kind of crazy that less than 20 years after the monastery was founded, the country already flew into civil war and the monks were like right in it yeah. right away. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So um, Father Emeron Blimmel, uh, he was born Michael, was his baptismal name, and he was born in Bavaria. So very similar to Boniface Wimmer, the founder. And he came over here, uh, I think in the 1850s and joined St. Vincent. Mm -hmm. um, and he became a math professor in the college while he became a priest also. And he was assigned to uh, first Covington, Kentucky, okay, was yep. his first assignment. And then he, re I, he requested to go to Nashville. Right. Kind of right on the eve of the Civil War. So we don't have much documentation, but I question like, why? Why, yeah. <laughs> why cross the border there mm -hmm. in like 1859, 1860? Yeah. But uh, then he served a parish in Nashville and my, many of his parishioners then enlisted in the Confederate right. Army. So, he, yeah, he was right in the thick of it in 1861, 1862. So and he wanted to be part of the Confederate. Yes. Sea, right. Yeah. And he actually in 1863. He was caught smuggling morphine to the Confederate Army, and he was arrested in Nashville 
um, by the the by that time Nashville yeah. had been captured. Yeah, that was one of the first like major yes. cities to be captured. In yeah, the Civil it was, War, right? I think the first Confederate capital to be captured. Okay, so so yeah, uh, in 1862, to kind of give you a timeline, Union armies come into Tennessee and they capture Nashville. So then Father Blimmel is living there in Nashville under Union occupation. He's cut off from from St. Vincent. So uh, Boniface Wimmer is back here. Like, why aren't we hearing from him? You know, yeah, what's going yeah. on? And then in December of 1863, he's arrested for smuggling medicine and he's interrogated. And that's the only real um, source we have of why he joined the Confederacy. And he said he believed that the Confederate states were denied certain rights that they mm. were entitled to. And wow. he thought that was bad. So, but he doesn't go into any specifics, obviously. Yeah. So then he's released on order of um, General William Rosecrans, okay. uh, who was a Catholic himself. So, so yeah, so, you know, some dicey. Right. Yeah. Some, uh, maybe some, uh, even though Rosecrans was from the North and his brother actually was a bishop. So, huh. Uh, yeah, he pardons the priest, uh, Father Blimmel. And then later on, he's arrested again because they suspect he's writing for a pro-Confederate newspaper. Huh. But then they prove that that's not actually right. the case. Yeah. So, But they still suspected. So yes. that meant they knew he had somewhat Confederate sympathies. Yes. Um, yeah. And so there's also a really interesting fact about this priest, this monk, right? He's the only chaplain to a Catholic chaplain. To have died in the Civil War, yeah, in ba in battle too. Okay, so right, yeah, he after he's arrested, he comes back to uh, Nashville and he um, procures these papers from the bishop Bishop Vero of Savannah, and he rides across Union lines to the Confederate army, and he joins up with the Tenth Tennessee uh, Regiment, which um, had some of his parishioners in it, hmm. and he becomes their chaplain, and he kind of. His duties are divided between the 10th Tennessee and um, some Kentucky regiments, actually. Okay. So he was in Kentucky before yep, the war. Yep. And yeah, they, they become uh, kind of connected with him. And he's one of the only Confederate uh, Catholic chaplains right. in the army out west at that time. Huh. So because most of the armies were Protestant, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, the Catholics were definitely the minority. But yeah, that's crazy. And the way he died, if I'm correct, he got his head blown off. Yes. So he, yeah, yeah. Like what? A, I mean, in a way, what an epic way to go. That's yeah, yeah. Very explosive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so he's he travels with the Confederate Army in the Atlanta campaign, and um, at the Battle of Jonesboro, which is just outside of Atlanta. He's giving actually he's giving last rites to a Confederate soldier, hmm. and it's his his um, regimental commander, Colonel uh, Grace of the 10th Tennessee, and he's mortally wounded. So Blimmel comes over to him, and he's you know giving him last rites, and a shell comes in and strikes him in the head. Dang. Yeah. Wow. And he's buried down there in uh, Tuscumbia, Alabama. So after the war, uh, Boniface Wimmer didn't know what happened to him until later on in the war that kind of the next year in 1864. Oh man. And, but they didn't know where he was buried. So Otto, father Otto cop, which was one of father Blimmel's, um, confreres yeah, here yeah. at the, at the monastery goes down to Georgia because he's assigned to a parish down there. And he kind of adopts this as his project. He's like, going to, yeah. And trying to find where 
Father Blimmel is buried. So huh. finally he locates him um, in Jonesboro, and then he arranges to have him taken to the parish uh, that okay. he's serving in Alabama. So, and that's where he stayed. Yes. Is there any kind of like monument or anything down there that you know of? No, no monument, but he has a headstone. Yeah. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not the only monk, right? No. And so do you know either for him or for other monks who might've been more like Confederate in their leanings, how, what kind of tension does that cause? Cause I mean, <laughs> I know the tension that we have here over other things, yeah. much less yes. like the way the co- whole country is divided. Um, he wasn't the only monk who, in a way, was on the South, right? There was... Um, was not, there like... Not necessarily. I mean, he was the only one that served in the Confederate Join. Army, okay. to my knowledge. Um, but there are accounts here during the war of students that got into some... Oh, okay. Uh arguments during the civil war because a i think about 20 percent or so um of the student body was from the south oh, wow. and they couldn't during the civil war they yeah, couldn't they, come they, back yeah um and they couldn't pay tuition either because they couldn't go home to yeah. get mom and dad's check to get yeah, right. the bottom swimmer <laughs> so that that created some tension for wimmer huh. because he was like i'm not getting paid for for these kids to go to school here um but there are accounts in the in the cafeteria or what was the cafeteria at that time of students from the South and students from the North getting into heated arguments about the war. And at one point, the Southerners even raised the Confederate flag over St. Vincent. Oh, dang. Yes. And that did not make some of the local Latrobe farmers happy. I, why not? I know, They're right? such friendly people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they came knocking on Wimmer's door and he didn't know about it. So he was, he made demands you yeah. know, that they take down the flag immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the, then, like, in either the recovery period, where there was probably monks who either had served in the war, or at least had been in the South, and then later joined? Yeah. Or just, I guess, more connected to to your particular article, because, right, it was something about, like, brother against brother. Or, yeah, that was yeah, um, the title. How, what, what relationships and, and what tensions, and then how did either Boniface Wimmer or the rest of the community come respond. to resolve and respond to that stuff? Okay, yeah, so... Um, one of the areas of my interest uh, were these monks that were unwillingly drafted into the Civil War. Oh, so, wow. okay. um, yeah, basically they, uh, Boniface Wimmer was largely opposed to the war, right. um, being a, a Catholic German at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of Germans in the Union Army, but there were a lot of Catholics that were opposed to, to yeah. the war. Um, into the Lincoln administration for one reason or another. And Boniface Wimmer was one of them. So he, and, and legitimately, he was very worried that if he lost monks to the war, he couldn't be able to support his monastery. Okay. So in yeah. his letters, he's very fearful that this whole American Benedictine experiment is going to collapse during Dang. the Civil War. Less than 20 years after he gets here. Yes, yes. So that's a very real fear for him. And in, in 1863, when Congress passes the first enrollment act which initiates the first draft in american history um about six or seven monks are called into union service during that time and he writes president lincoln in june 1863 uh saying this is a bad idea like you can't make me send these guys and he even says they wouldn't make very good soldiers they're not yeah yeah. they're in temperament they're not like warriors they're 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 monks, men, right? Yeah, <laughs> men of the cloth. Yeah, like, exactly. 
So wow. he sends a yeah, he sends a letter to Lincoln and Secretary of War Edwin Stanton. And that kind of falls on deaf ears because they're worried about the Gettysburg campaign mm-hmm. at that time. So about five or so monks report for duty in the 61st Pennsylvania Regiment in July of 1863. So right after the Battle of Gettysburg. Yeah, wow, okay. And we have these letters from one of them, uh, Brother Bonaventure Gall, and he's from Germany too, uh, born in Bavaria. And he has, I think there's about 12 or so letters where he talks about his service. And they uh, eventually, Wimmer got them um, to be able to be nurses and not shoulder, okay. except for one of them. One of them still had to shoulder a musket and, and fight. But that's so wild. I know. Yeah, we've come. I mean, if if you're ordained minister in the army now or the military, like you're not to have a firearm on you. That's yeah. the whole thing. And and the fact that there's no, there was no like religious exemption or like they didn't even take any of that fact into account is nope. wild to me. Well, the priests here were exempt. Oh, okay. So these were brothers. These were all lay brothers. Yes. Okay. And Wimmer talks about that, like in Europe, this isn't a thing. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know, welcome to America. Yeah, yeah, basically. But Gaul, uh, he serves as a nurse throughout the rest of the war, um, and he's in some of the battles of Winchester and Cedar Creek, okay, and the Petersburg campaign. And he yeah, actually, yeah, in his last letter, he talks about Lee's surrender at Appomattox. So, okay, that is epic. Actually. Yes, yes, it is. It's so, you know, it, it just blows my mind uh, how connected this monastery has been to so many things. And yet people don't know about it. Yeah. I yeah. I, the, I find both that people who I would never suspect would know anything about St. Vincent are like, oh my gosh, I love that place. Well, I've heard of it. You know, for people from like, you know, when I was in Portugal, wow. you know, just like in Lisbon last year, people will be like, oh, I've heard of St. Vincent. I asked where they're from. And like, oh, I'm from France. Like, okay. But then people literally in Pittsburgh, you know, an hour from yeah. us have no idea. Um, but this just proves that like we had our hand in, you know, at least immersed in American history, basically yes. from the start of us coming here. Yeah. And, and to answer a little bit of your question about the, like the reconstruction oh. recovery of the mm-hmm. war, St. Vincent founded a school for free blacks in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And it, it failed epically. <laughs> Yes, but, it did. <laughs> but that being said, they were kind of on the front lines of educating freedmen and like participating in this reconstruction after the Civil War. And one of them, um, his name was Brother Innocent Carter. He was born a slave and served. We think he was ser- he served in the Union Navy during the war. OK. And then he became oh. a Benedictine monk. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there I know Wimmer has a letter when he talked where he talks about like the need if. Uh, the blacks are being emancipated that um well these african-americans someone needs to take care of them yeah like if they're going if you can't just write a letter i think he basically says you can't just like write a letter that says um oh they're free and then have no plan for it yeah which obviously lincoln getting assassinated certainly undid probably a lot of his plans that he had for you know um facilitating african-american education and integration into the country but um wimmer was pretty like aware that this could be a problem. Yeah. So it is neat that, you know, we tried, uh, obviously, right. yeah, we didn't do so well, but our presence in Savannah actually still held though. Yeah. Um, cause we did have a parish down there after that, um, tried to be involved in another school. And then now we actually, um, are in charge of a all boys military Benedictine high school, which is like a super niche thing. Yeah. Uh, it's 
very, uh, what's the word, bougie, I would say. <laughs> um, and it actually produces like the highest or one of the highest recruitments um, into naval and like, or just military academies, uh, like of any high school. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, they get like two or three into um, West Point, a couple into the Naval Academy, a few in the Coast Guard Academy, the Citadel. And they only graduate about 110 kids because they, they really try to keep it like a little over 400 as their total yeah. student body. So, and they were two-time Georgia State champs for football back right. in 2021 and 2022. So they know what they're doing down there. Yeah. Um, but the connection traces back to uh, Wimmer commissioning monks yeah. to, you know, go into the deep South and yeah. actually do something. And before and after the Civil War, there are monks all over the like in oh, Texas. Yes. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, yep. um, Cincinnati, obviously. So, yeah, it's it definitely, there's definitely a, a pretty strong connection. The Texas monks, do you know much about them? No, I don't actually. I mean, a little bit, but not. So I also don't know like a ton, but they're, they were down there before the Civil War started. They had okay. gotten there like only months before. And then the South seceded and obviously Texas was very quick to yes. join. Um and they banned the monks from leaving because wow. they, some of the other communities that were in the South, they like, I guess some of them offered, uh, you know, free transportation or like, you know, free passage back to the Union if they wanted. Right. But these people in Texas said, nope, you have to stay here. And they cut them off, like almost all communication from the monastery. Wow. They got some letters out to women basically saying, like, we are starving. We yeah. don't have anyone to take care of us. Um, and. I think almost all of them ended up dying. I think there was like Jeez. five or six down there, and I think four of them died. Two of them finally, they lived past the end of the war, and yeah. they were able to come back. But yeah, no, it wasn't, uh, Texas didn't bode well no. for the monks. And at that point, well, Texas still kind of is like isolated. Yeah. But um, at that time, that's like the wild, wild west. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That's yeah. cool. Um, what have you found has been like the most eye-opening part about the involvement of the monks in the civil war? Well, so uh, I, to kind of give you a little bit of backstory, I, we came across these letters and they, you know, people had known that they existed, but um, they had never been translated from old German. So I kind of recruited father Warren Merman here who translates old German script uh, in his free time. <laughs> Just a casual is, flex. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he helped translate all of them and I kind of expected to read them and, and, and learn like, you know, that they would be fighting on the front yeah. lines and like, you know, like the Joshua Chamberlain story yeah, where right. he, the Civil War makes him like that's his claim to fame. Yeah. But as I read these letters, most of them are just Brother Bonaventure Gall talking about how horrible this is. And like, he's like, this sucks. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be here at all. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's kind of eye opening that like a lot of these draftees you know, yeah. you don't want to be fighting in, in the war. And it mm. shows you the difference between the volunteer soldier yeah, exactly. and these conscripts who were like, eh, yeah. about it, you know? And I mean, he's witnessing history. And I talk about that in, in the article, but unwillingly he's witnessing history. Huh. So that's crazy. Yeah. And just, I think about just kind of like, like the dichotomy of being a monk and then asked to be, you know, an active participate in a war. Yeah. There's, there has been monks who have been military chaplains in, you know, all of the wars that the U.S. has engaged right. in since we've got here, um, including monks who were even very recently military chaplains. 
And there's one thing about that, you know, the, the chaplaincy of serving the spiritual needs of the monks, but that is not why they were being drafted. They were no. being drafted to fight, yep. which really goes against, not entirely, but almost in a strong way, what Benedictines are supposed to be, right? Yeah. Um, we are, Benedict left Rome and left the whole culture because he saw like the debauchery and the violence of the people and he wanted to flee the world in a right. sense to find peace and security with Christ. And that, that the vow of stability that we take really is kind of rooted in peace in Christ. And then to be actively involved in a war to bring about anything. Well, I guess the goal is peace, right? The, go the goal of war should be peace, right. but it's still, you know, <laughs> that's a whole question for another exactly. time. <laughs> but um, I just, I could see like, just an inner turmoil too, that not only were like these conditions horrible, I didn't volunteer for this at all, but this goes against the vows I took. Yes. Like, I didn't, I didn't vow to be a soldier. I vowed to be a monk. Right. Um, and man, I just did, did, uh, father brother, I guess, brother Gall, um, did you have any letters from him or like accounts after he got back? Like how he tried to readjust? Yeah. No, but we do know he, so he worked as a cobbler before the okay. war for the monastery. And he, he did that after he came back. And, and in his letters during the war, he talks about, he's like, eh, I don't know if I want to stay here in America. Like I, cause he hadn't taken his solemn vows yet. Okay. He's like, I, maybe I want to go back to Germany and go home. Like, Dang, yeah. Yeah. But he didn't, he stayed here and he actually took his skills as a nurse and he mm. used them to treat sports injuries at the college huh. here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Providence has its way of working. I guess out, so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, oh, man, I had a final question. Oh, yeah. So a lot of these monks were German, right? Correct. Um, and I remember in your senior thesis presentation, um, you talked, you were looking at Germans involvement in the Civil War and they were one of, or if not like the largest nationality, right? That yes. was in the Civil War. Did any of the monks talk about like trying to help at least their fellow you know germans yeah yeah <laughs> german americans yeah not really um but i mean all of their letters are, are written in german so and and they themselves uh if they weren't if they didn't know each other in germany they kind of got to got to know yeah their fellow germans here and um i know they were connected with a, a swiss uh priest in washington dc um who actually co coincidentally was um a priest to Mary Surratt, who was involved in the Lincoln conspiracy, yeah, or supposedly, <laughs> and he was writing the president and the the administration on behalf of them to get them out of service, and obviously to no avail. But so that somehow they became connected with him. Probably, you know, he's yeah. Swiss German. Mm -hmm. You know, culturally they're they're similar, yes. especially at that time, right? But yeah, no, no specific mention of of like other other sure. Germans. If anything, they're talking about like. There's... This this kind of stinks because I'm the only German mm. or like I'm the only Catholic in my regiment wow. yeah. too. So, but I bet still at you know somewhere certainly uncounted, uh, there was yeah other Germans in those regiments or Catholics yes who probably just did especially if they had been drafted like these monks, it's a sense of security yep. or of just feeling okay god maybe is here yeah. in this seemingly god forsaken time right now well and father blimmel we know in his regiment too 
there was a lot of Germans and Irish. So okay, yeah, yeah. So Catholics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah, especially back for for them going back to him in the Confederacy, real quick. Um, like you said, there were so few Catholic chaplains. Um, reading a little bit of your first article about him, just he was really loved by yes. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and they really defended him. I think like the general who you said got him out of uh, prison. prison. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and just the, the regiments he served, he went to that Tennessee 10th, right? Because, yep. um, he was connected with them and they, I don't know if they specifically asked for him to come, but he knew that these were people I know and love and I want to be with them and serve right. them. Also, he felt, you know, that the state's rights were being violated. That's, that too, right. but he had some pastoral connection with them. Yeah, um, which you know to kind of take something for all of us in a way that no matter what the situation we're put into, um, we can always find a way to bring God into it. Um, whether a country ends up flinging into a second civil war, God yeah. forbid. Um, but as Saint John of the Cross said, if you don't find love, uh, put love into it, and so. He saw a need, and instead of trying to wait around for someone else to fill it, he did uh, it. He put the love there, um, and in a, pl- a place or for people who you know half the country said are now unlovable, right? Because or you know forsaken, yeah. You know they're they're not even human. I, I mean, at least, and some of them didn't act like each other were human. Yeah. The brutality between the northern and southerners. Um, yeah, I just I just really love the. What my community, you know, I can't boast of, that I had any, obviously anything to do with this since I wasn't born for 200 years later, but still, you know. No, yeah, I think it's a it's a proud moment in St. Vincent history that, like, not that many people know about. You know, we know about Boniface Wimmer and, and stuff, but a lot of people don't know that we, like, St. Vincent was basically in the Civil War and almost had a Civil War here itself, so. Yeah, that's, wow. So if this uh, has been interesting for you guys or you found um, something you're like, wow, okay, maybe I want to look into that more, um, you can check out uh, Evan's article in, there you go, yes, uh, Gathered Fragments um, or in the uh, Emerging Civil War, right? That was Yeah, yeah, you can go online to emergingcivilwar.com and then uh, the St. Vincent Journal Conversatio, yes. which yep. is uh, for sale here in the bookstore. Oh, wow, yeah, you got to make some shameless plugs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and lastly, you know, if you're just like a, interested in the Civil War, Civil War, you know, buff at all, uh, Evan does actually have um, videos on YouTube, right? Yep. For with the American Battlefield Trust. Right? Yeah, I'm on the American Battlefield Trust channel, and then I also have my own YouTube channel. Okay. So just Google my name. There That's, you go. Yeah. Sweet. So maybe we'll have you back about other Civil War things in the future. I'm, so. Yeah, I'm always game for it. Okay. Sweet. Well, thanks for having. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, <laughs> thanks for coming on. I appreciate yep. it. And uh, yeah, from all of us here at All Good in the Brotherhood, we hope you have a blessed day. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, f- please rate us uh, on Spotify. That five stars goes a long way. Unless you hated it, then I guess one star. Um, you know, follow us on YouTube now. Uh, we're doing bigger things there. More videos coming out every week. Uh, and we're on Apple Podcasts now. So if you got an iPhone, check us out there. Um, so yeah. Uh, Do all the things and have a God-blessed day. Adios.